You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Aaron on one side and her on the other, and they support him. And the victory is gained. And the victory would not have been gained without Aaron and her and the rock. That's a good picture there. That'll preach. Jesus is our rock, and people that we know will pray for us. Paul repeatedly in his letters not only talked about how he prayed for others, He asked for prayer. In the account of Moses and the Israelites' battle with the Amalekites, Moses raises his hands and the Israelites prevail. But when Moses lowers his hands, the Amalekites win over the Israelites. So Moses kept his hands up in prayer to the Lord. But battles can take hours and even days, and we don't know how long this battle was. So Moses' arms were supported by Aaron and Hur. Today, Pastor Danny will encourage you to pray and allow your fellow believers to support you when you need it most. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Exodus, chapter 17, as he continues his message, Victory Through Prayer. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I beat my body, make it my slave, so that after I preach to others, I myself will not become a castaway. But I need to pause and just remind us again where this is connected in regard to prayer and um, uh, spiritual victory. It's not my self-control. It's not our self-control that makes us spiritual. It's our self-control and the self-discipline that keeps us doing the things, spiritual exercises that give us the victory. And if you ever turn those two uh, the wrong way, you get it backwards. You think it's my self-control. No, it's not my self-control. It's my self-control that keeps me reading the word, meditating the word. It's my self-control that disciplines me to stay awake to pray and not fall asleep. It's the self-control that keeps us doing the spiritual disciplines. And we got to keep that straight. But there's another thing we need. And thank God, uh, God knows this. And it's in the story we read in Exodus chapter 17. We need support. I love this psalm. Say, Come on, say this with me, because some of you already see you nodding a little bit, because we're talking about prayer. That's why you're getting sleepy. All right? Come on, say this. You ready? Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. That's a great section of that psalm. Isn't it interesting in the story? When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone 
and put it under him. I don't want to read too much into that, but hey, they put a stone under him and he rested on the stone when his flesh was weak. You with me? Luke chapter 22. Oh, I love this. Luke chapter 22. Verse 31, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. There's a verse I thought about late this afternoon that I didn't put uh, up here on the PowerPoint that really goes with that. And it's 2 Timothy chapter 2. You'll appreciate this. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. Here's a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we'll also reign with him. If we disown him, he'll disown us. But I love this last one, verse 13. If we are faithless, like Peter in that moment of weakness, if we are faithless, he will remain faithful. He cannot disown himself. When I fail, when the disciples failed in the garden, when Peter failed, as he denied three times that he even knew the Lord, we can rest on the rock that is higher than us. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his mercy. I love Hebrews 7. I put 17. I, somebody, I was really messed up today. It's Hebrews chapter 7, uh, therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Isn't that a great verse? I mean, there's, there's no time that Jesus is not there uh, before the Father, and even in our weakness and in our failure, he's interceding for us. I love it. He says to Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as a wheat. Your enemy is after you. Your enemy wants you. But I've prayed for you. When you've turned back, strengthen your brothers. And then I love Romans chapter 8. Jesus not only interceding for us, but his Holy Spirit helping us. Anybody, come on, anybody like me, you just sometimes don't know what to pray. Still today, after all these years of pastoring, I have people uh, share things with me or I see a prayer request and you just go, how in the world, how, what are, how are we going to pray for that? I love Romans chapter 8. Verse 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Somebody shared with me just recently after one of the services this weekend of how they had gone through a situation and, and they go to prayer and it was just literally, literally groaning, literally groaning. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. I believe one of the times, uh, one of the gifts that God uses, uh, that may be referred to in this passage, and yet it's not limited to this, uh, is the gift of tongues. And if God's given you a gift of tongues, one of the main things the Bible says in 1 Corinthians uh, to exercise that gift and to use it for is to pray. 
You can just read it in 1 Corinthians 14. It's right there to pray. And uh, sometimes God will give somebody a supernatural gift like that. And then other times it's just literally, literally groanings. And you don't know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit helps us. And then there's one more, one more. We need others who will lift us up. Deuteronomy chapter 9, Moses writes there and he says, God was so angry with Aaron at one point that uh, he was going to take him home. He was going to take his life. But he said, I prayed for Aaron too. I prayed for Aaron. What a great thing to have people that really will pray for you. Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 4, in the last part of verse 12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Here's Moses. He's got the hands lifted up. He's praying for Joshua and the army. And as long as his hands are up, the army is winning. But then he gets tired. He gets tired. His hands start to go down. He, he needs to sit down. They put a rock under him that he can rest on. And then Aaron on one side and her on the other and they support him, and the victory is gained. And the victory would not have been gained without Aaron and her and the rock. That's a good picture there. That'll preach. Jesus is our rock, and people that we know will pray for us. Paul repeatedly in his letters not only talked about how he prayed for others, he asked for prayer. Pray for me. If I'm not on your prayer list, put me on there. Pray for me. I pray for you. I don't pray for all of you by name because I don't know all your names. But I pray for the church regularly. Now, let me, let me end the last few minutes with uh, just some, I think it's practical advice. Practical advice. Uh, I think we should begin each day with prayer. Mark chapter 1, verses 35 to 37. Let me read you this uh, about the life of Jesus, because he's our ultimate example. And Mark chapter 1, verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And that was the pattern of his life, pattern of his life. You know, just, just from logic, just think about it logically. Um, if you don't pray in the morning, then you're moving into the day uh, without that time of prayer. Now, we pray without ceasing. You go into the day with a prayer attitude, too, and I'm getting ahead of myself on that one. But uh, I like starting the day. And actually, I, I usually start now, just as with me, it's not a right or wrong. You can start with the word and then prayer. But I, I usually start with prayer. I love Mark Batterson in one of his books. He said it's become a habit in his life. He plops out of the bed, and the first thing he does is get on his knees. Uh, of course, for some of us, the next thing you know, we're, we're sleeping, kneeling, you know, uh, there on the bed. So be alert. Whatever it takes to be alert, uh, do that. Uh, let me read you. I didn't put these on the PowerPoint either, but you can write them down. They're great scriptures. Psalm 5. Psalm 5. I'm going to give you two references in the Psalms. Psalm 5 and verse 3. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. In the morning. Because you want to get 
connected with the Lord before you go out in the day. Now, what's it going to take to do that? Self-control. Discipline. You have to get up earlier and not just rush through the shower and rush through the makeup and then off to the work, you know. You have to become a habit, and it takes self-control. It takes discipline. Psalm 88, Psalm 88 and verse 13 But I cry to you for help, O Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. There's some other references too, but those are some of my favorites. Uh, And I want to read you real quickly from Nehemiah. I love how Nehemiah starts off. Chapter 1, verse 1, in the month of Nisan, when uh, wine was brought for the king, I took the wine because Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king. I took the wine, gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the Lord, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my fathers are buried lies in ruins, Jerusalem, and its gates have been destroyed by fire? And the king said to me, I love this, the king said to me, what is it you want? Now, here he is now. He's at work. He's at work. He's cupbearer to the king. He's afraid uh, because he's never been sad before the king before. And the king says, what is it you want? And just this quickly, it says, then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king. It was that quick. King didn't even know he was praying. He just said a quick, oh, Lord, help me, you know. And then he gave the answer and God helped him in giving the answer. Um, practice praying throughout the day. Situations like this come up all of a sudden. Uh, call out to the Lord. Um, another, I think, practical advice, and I, I, I think every Christian ought to do this, pray before every meal. Pray before every meal. Jesus, every time he multiplied the bread and the fish, what did he do first? He lifted it up to heaven and gave thanks. I have a, a witness And this guy, he's probably in heaven by now. I'm sure he's in heaven by now because he was an older man. I didn't know him personally. And uh, my hometown of Hartsville, South Carolina, they built a Hardee's years ago. We used to have to drive 24 miles to Florence and get to Hardee's. Uh, If you were going to take a date out, you know, and you wanted to get her something really good, you drove to Hardee's. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. You think I'm joking. Uh, I come from a very small town. And... uh, and they built a Hardee's at the mall. The mall had four stores. And they put the Hardee's out in the parking lot. Uh, and, and I'll never forget, one of the first times I went to Hardee's to eat in my hometown, didn't have to drive to Florence. Elderly black man, elderly black man, just older guy, he takes his tray, he goes over, he sits by himself. It's like a photograph in my mind. I see him taking his tray. I can see it right now as I'm telling the story. He sits down, and as he sits down, he arranges his burger and his fries and his drink, and then he puts his hand together, hands together, and he bows, and he thanks God for that meal. I have never, ever forgotten that. Never will forget it. And it's a witness and a testimony for me. Every time you sit down for a meal, Thank God for it. Now, I understand some meals you got to thank God by faith. Do it. Oh, thank you by faith. I know better ones are coming. All right? 
Um, pray using Scripture as a guide and an example. Using Scripture. And I got so much I could share with you there. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, I've mentioned it before, is a uh, prayer I pray quite often. I pray it for you, the church. Uh, I pray it for new believers. Uh, verse 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. I pray that prayer often. I pray the middle part um, that God would open the eyes of the heart. I pray that for my children every day. Lord, open the eyes of their heart. They know the glorious inheritance you've called them to in the saints. I pray this section uh, often for lots of different people. Colossians 4, great scriptural prayer to pray. Um, Colossians chapter 4, verse uh, 2, verse 3. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, verse 3. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message. I pray often uh, for open doors for others and for myself to share the gospel. You don't have to beat any doors down. You don't have to create any doors. If you just pray, God, you open a door, you watch, he'll open doors. He will. So that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in change. Pray that I may declare, proclaim it clearly as I should. Another place he says, pray that I may declare it fearlessly, fearlessly. Second John, second John, great, great prayer to pray for somebody. Second John, and we'll be... Uh, Lord willing, we'll be in 2 John, actually 3 John. I missed so many scriptures getting them right on the, the notes tonight, but it's 3 John. I don't want you to see. We'll be in 2 John this weekend. Um, verse 2 of 3 John, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. That's a great prayer. A couple more. Back in Ephesians, oh, I, I was reminded of this one today, and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, i got to pray this one more often. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. For this reason, Paul says, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's a mouthful of prayer right there. Let me tell you, that's a great prayer. Great prayer. And you'll find more. Uh, Romans chapter 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 1. Uh, places like that, Paul opens and he talks about how often he thanks God for them. And he specifically says in a couple of those, he says, I thank God for the grace that's been given you in Christ Jesus. See, that's a prayer because thanksgiving is a type of prayer. All right. And you thank God and you're, you're praying that thanksgiving. Um, I'll give you one more. Ezra chapter eight. And I'll, I'll finish with this one. Ezra chapter eight. And uh, I'm going to go down to verse 21. There by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children. 
with all of, our, all of our possessions. I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from enemies on the road. Because we had told the king, the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him, but his great anger is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. You can't get more practical than that. This is a verse where we get a phrase that some people use. Uh, we pray for people uh, that are traveling, for traveling mercies. That's a scriptural prayer. I pray pretty much every morning. And there's nothing wrong with praying that. Nothing wrong with praying traveling mercies. Lord, keep them safe. Lord, go before them and go with them. Well, a couple more things. Very positions in prayer. There's a lot of different uh, examples of different postures to get in when you pray. Uh, sometimes kneel. Uh, sometimes stand. Lifting hands. Sometimes lying prostrate. Um, if you're in the car driving, keep your eyes open. Um, I always like to remind people of that. Uh, I do prayer walks. I, I go exercise now. I walked uh, three miles today. And um, it was great because you're not just exercising. I get to talk to the Lord. I get to pray. And that's one of the great ways, too, to stay alert. See, be alert. If you're in a position and you're starting to fall asleep, change the position. Open your eyes. Do something to get alert. Because uh, falling asleep and being groggy is the last thing you want. Years ago, we were in Israel, and I went next to the Western Wall. Some people call it the Wailing Wall. And, and Jews, that's one of the favorite places they go to pray. And the only reason they go there is it's the closest they can get physically and geographically to where the Holy of Holy was in the temple. Okay, that's the only reason that makes that place practical for them. Uh, and I go in the back room where a lot of the uh, Orthodox Jews and priests and others are in there. And uh, there's scriptures, scrolls, and things like that. And I notice one guy, and he's he just... He's doing this, and he's, and, he's, and he's reading as he's doing it. And I thought, and there's a few guys. You see, some guys do that up against the wall, too, but this guy just really took, I took notice of, and um, I, I waited for the right moment, and I went up, and I asked him why he did that. And he looked at me very inquisitively, and like it should be obvious, he said, to stay awake, to stay alert. That's what he said. I've never forgotten it. So do whatever you got to do to stay alert uh, so you got your mind engaged in the prayer. And last but not least, I don't do it as much now as I did, uh, and I've mentioned this before if, if you've been here for very long, journaling, prayer journaling. And I'm not a natural prayer journaler, but it helped me tremendously. I, I got four notebooks full of prayer journals, and it helped me to focus it helped me to be disciplined in praying. And it's great because you can look back and you can make note of the prayers, all the prayers that God's answered. And you'll go back in that prayer journal, I'll guarantee you, if you'll do it, you'll go back years later and you will not have even realized uh, prayers that were answered, that you didn't even realize were answered. And, and how God answered them is just exciting. The battle for our children, the battle for our marriages, uh, the battle for our ministries and the battle for our own personal Christian life and living in victory and finishing well. It's won or lost in prayer. 
Thanks for joining us today to study the book of Exodus on the Living Word. You can check out more of Pastor Danny's teaching throughout the Bible at our website, ccfstpete.church. Just click on Sermons. We encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube page as well to stay up to date on the latest teachings and videos, and feel free to share them with your friends and family. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or would simply like to talk with us, please send us an email. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you when you send that email. In addition, we'd really like to meet you in person. Come join Pastor Danny for our weekly church services at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We meet on Saturdays at 6 p.m., Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m., and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We will also be live streaming our services for those who are at home or live further away. We look forward to worshiping with you. Find out more on our website. Once more, that's ccfstpete.church. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We're so glad that you tuned in, and we encourage you to keep reading. There's much more to learn in this study of Exodus, and Pastor Danny will continue exploring this Old Testament book when you join us next time, right here on The Living Word.